0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, episode 49, Cool Button Hockey Podcast is underway. This is the podcast after trade deadline day. Craig, you did a great job with your crew on TSN. Brucey producing the podcast and the show. I think we had a great day at SiriusXM as well. Big picture. What do we have? 27 trades, 40 plus players, 20 plus picks. Did it live up to the hype? Were you excited? Did, did the day go by quick because it was so much fun?
1: Well, it was fun. There's no question it was fun, right? I mean, there was intrigue and, you know, despite, uh, despite, uh, you know, declarations that it was going to be a quiet deadline, it was anything but and, and leading up the week leading up to it wasn't quiet, you know, the chatter going into the trade deadline and then and then Bill Guerin drops the big one with Mark on with the acquisition of Marc-Andre Fleury. So like, you know, whoever was talking about that being a quiet deadline, I I, I tell you, don't, don't look out your window and tell me what the weather is. You might get that wrong too. You know, like blue sky and sunny. Oh, I think it might rain today. I might need my umbrella. Like, you know, bottom line is it was, it was good. And you know, what was it, was there big deals? No, a lot of the big deals happened prior to uh, Monday, but you know, you're watching teams, what they were doing. And I'll tell you what, you talk about the high rent district, yep. you know, the teams in the high rent district, they they never stop. They never stop. Whether it was a little bit of depth, whether it was significant players, they never stop because they know what the prize is. I'm gonna say this one thing too, Stephen. I think it's really, you know, I know people say in trade deadline, you know, oh, there's only one Stanley Cup. I, I know there is, but there's five or six real contenders. And so what you want to do is just put yourself in position to be that team that wins the Stanley cup. Like the argument that there's only one Stanley cup. Why do teams do this? I look at the teams that went and made significant moves. They're all the top contenders. They're all the real contenders. So like contenders and pretenders. We saw it Monday.
0: We, this whole thing started on February 14th with Tyler Toffoli. And if you want to win the poker tournament, you can't win it on day one. You got to get to the final table. So if there's our five or six or seven poker players and real contenders, you got to get to the final table. And now the Rangers think we can get to the final table. We already thought they were pretty good. Penguins get better with Ricard Raquel. The Carolinas were already good. Tampa Bay, Florida, Colorado, Calgary. They acted like contenders. Other teams might have acted like pretenders. But when I saw, and you talked about your buddy, Billy Guerin, he gets Marc-Andre Fleury. And Fleury hasn't had a great year, all things considered, but he's going to be better. I do think in Minnesota. Cam Talbot posts a shutout in the game with Flurry behind him against Vegas. What's going through Cam Talbot's mind? Would I make the trade? Yes. On the show yesterday, Shane O'Brien said this could be tension in the dressing room. Do you buy that? Because Billy Garen did tell Cam Talbot the whole time what he was doing. I admire Billy for saying, "Hey, if you want to be the number one, I'll play him." Go do some things like you did last night. So it's intriguing having a two-headed monster now, not in Vegas, not in Pittsburgh, but in Minnesota. Would you have done it as well, Craig?
1: Two-headed monster? Give me a break. Cam Talbot is far behind Marc-Andre Fleury. Let's just be really clear there, okay? The Minnesota Wild might have beat the Vegas Golden Knights last year in the first round if Cam Talbot was better. And he wasn't better than Marc-Andre Fleury. So now there's going to be tension because Bill Guerin goes and improves the team and all the team, all the rest of the players on the team who were on that team last year go, geez, if we had Marc-Andre Fleury, we would have beat Vegas. That's the facts. Tension. Like tell your buddy, Obi, okay, that, that, that line of reasoning does not work. If there's tension, it's because Cam Talbot wants there to be tension. And if he wants there to be tension, that tells you a lot about Cam Talbot. Now I'm gonna I'm going to dispatch with this real quick. Cam Talbot's not that person. He's going to go in there and play, and he's yeah. going to be really good. And the bottom line is they needed to improve their goaltending. Heavy Marc-Andre Fleury there is going to help Cam Talbot. Cam Talbot can help Marc-Andre Fleury. So there's not any tension there. And the bottom line, you know, what, we have the young Kakinen who ended up getting traded to uh, San Jose. I think he's a really good young goaltender, right? But you reach a point where, you know, playing in the NHL, the different challenges, right? And now Cam Cam might have to be forced into the net at times when he might have not have been on top of his game, and now your team falls off. That's not going to happen with Mark andre Fleury and Cam Talbot. Yeah? I think it'll be a really good uh, tandem. I really do, down the stretch. Yeah. And to your point, Steve, it's real simple. You, you want to be the number one? Show me you're the number one. <laughs> yeah, I would
0: have made it. I would have done it. The first so would have I. I. Yep. The first time I heard about it was Brian Lawton brought it up. And I went, Oh, he brought it up. And he said, if it was me, I trade for Mark Andre Fleury, if I'm Minnesota. And I went, wow, I kind of didn't think about that. Cause you think about Edmonton or Toronto and there was a trade that involved knives and two first round picks it was probably too much. And everything else and i'm not
1: so sure i'm not so sure about the accuracy of that little story either just fyi okay okay so you think the, you think the toronto Maple Leafs for giving up matthew nice like he's playing at the university of minnesota the minute he finishes he's coming right into the lineup he might be the left winger with with Tavares and Nylander. okay this kid's a really good player and he's ready to play in the nhl now is there going to be a time of getting his feet wet the Toronto Maple Leafs aren't giving away really good players for a rental goalie. So I'm not buying the whole story of Matthew Nyes. Maybe hey, Kyle Dubas going and looking and you know inquiring about Marc-André Fleury. Sure, I totally buy that. Matthew Nyes, Uh-uh. Not buying it. I mean, maybe maybe somebody said, "Well, we will trade you if you give me Matthew Nice," which would be like this. Thank you, bye.
0: <laughs> right? When people used to call you and you heard the name Jerome, you went. I think you've got the wrong number.
1: Click. So and and, and listen, it's I'll tell out you there. A quick story. I'll tell you a quick story. Yeah. You know, one 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 day I got a call from a manager, and uh and I had a couple of these calls from this manager, and he phoned me. He goes, ah, eh, Craig, what do you think about this player on my team? Or no, he asked me about Robin Regier. He goes, ah, you like Robin Regeer? I said, oh yeah, Robin's a big part of our team. He goes, uh, he goes, would you consider? uh, trade and Robin Beard, he names a player on his team. I go, I said, you know what? I said, today might be your lucky day. And he goes, Whoa, what, what do you mean? I said, well, we just had a meeting and we were just discussing what could be the dumbest thing we could possibly do. And you just phoned with your proposal, and it's dumber than anything we thought of. <laughs> he goes, what do you mean? What do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Like, you don't like my player? I said, you phoned me with a stupid proposition on a player that I we have zero interest in. Don't ever phone me again with a stupid proposition. Matthew Nyes for Marc-Andre Fleury, give me a break. Right. And, and then report had other
0: Elements wow. and pieces and everything. So if you want more, it's a soap opera online, Kyle Davidson, Kyle Dubas, everything else. So um, it's, it's out there like the general hospital as the world turns uh, the world kind of turned in Rangerland with what ended up being Frank Petrano, Justin Braun, Tyler Mott, Andrew cop and everything that went out doesn't affect the Rangers with a possible heart trophy winner. Now. They could win the division. They're finishing no worse than third. It could be Pittsburgh. You talk about the one to eight, and we know what we've got in the Eastern Conference. So did the Rangers, we like to say winners and lose. Did they win the day? Did they win trade deadline? Chris Dury, I didn't know if he was going to use, you know, pew, pew, take some shots. Um, Andrew Cop, you called Andrew Cop. Steve, you know who I like. I, uh, I'm i not talking about the big, yeah, we all know what Shrugged, but on... The button list, the button hot list was Andrew Copp. You wanted him. You called him. I didn't see him going to the Rangers. Kudos to Chris Drury, Copp, Mott, Braun, and Vitrano. That, that's a deadline. To me, that's a deadline, Mr. That's a contender deadline, Mr. Button.
1: Oh, totally agree. Listen, you know, at TSN, we have the, uh, the GM of the trade deadline day, right? Like I I didn't have a vote yesterday. I don't know why I didn't have a vote. I didn't have a vote, but I have to award the trophy. I had, I have to, I had, I awarded the trophy and then the the vote went to Bill Guerin. My vote would have gone to Chris Drury because, you know, Andrew Cobb's such a good player. And, and, and you know what? People in the East are going to see, you know, you know what we're going to hear in a while? Jesus Andrew Cobb's a pretty good player. (laughs) Like, you know, did you know, just so you know, I don't know if you know this, Steve, I, I should whisper it. Kyle Connors top score in the league, really good score, really good offensive. You know, people like they're like for five and a half seasons, he's been a top a top player in the league, but they're just fine. Andrew cop is exactly what any team could use. He can play anywhere in your forward lineup. He can play any situation and he's hard. He's competitive. He's smart to me. You know, you put him in the middle, you put him up on the wing. There's nowhere he cannot contribute on your team. And so now you're talking about going deeper into the playoffs, right? Deeper in the playoffs. Now you have that. I'm shocked. I'll, I'll be straightforward with you. I'm shocked. When I saw the price that Chris Drury paid for, to, to acquire, Andrew. Kopp, I'm going like, you're telling me other teams, like, you couldn't have got him? Like, like teams that were, you're telling me you couldn't have got him in some way, shape, or form. Are you kidding me? Like, you know, I, I, I'm not saying this. I, I don't know what you could do, but th- there was a path to Andrew Cobb. There was a path to, for a lot of teams. I think it's true. Tyler Mott, hard, competitive, you know, on the puck, penalty killing, trying to improve that. Justin Braun, it shields Braden Schneider. If he's ready, great. If he's not, you got Justin Braun in there. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful move. And you know, you talked about Frankie Vitrano. And, and and I watched firsthand what Dominic Hasek did for the Buffalo Sabres. And and Shisterkin is having a season that is better than Hashikat. Better than Hashikat terms of save percentage and everything right who who says you can't get deep in there chris jury went made his team better and that's why i look at pittsburgh who's really good and i look at new york rangers carolina now third in that division now i'm not sorry they're pushed back i'm not buying anything on carolina in that division really nope i think they could be out in the first round whoa okay okay i i don't see that i still like the canes Uh, i like the canes too i just don't like them more than the rangers and the penguins and i'm not sure where the cap's starting to move forward do you know what might be the best scenario for the canes in the lease is that they play each other because then one of them's guaranteed of winning a round
0: (laughs) (laughs) well i i i'm I haven't changed my thoughts on the Canes. I still like them. I think they're there's in division right now. The best thing for the Canes is the Penguins and Rangers play each other in the first round. Yes. So they don't have to play both of them and they get the capitals and you hope Freddie Anderson's better than Vitek Manichek or Ilya Samsonov. That's what I hope. And then, oh, she's had injury issues and it's an older team. So uh, Anthony Mantle's looked really good since he came back, but so I'm like, I've got to digest the stuff about the Canes, but I agree about Shisterkin. I agree about the Rangers and remember, to make the second, second, fifth, and Morgan Barron a first-round pick, they have to win two rounds. So what better trade than to say, I'll give you a second, but if we win two rounds, you want to make it a 1st Mark Marc-Andre Fleury also, a second, we win two rounds, it's a first. I love it. I love it. And that's another reason I love what Billy Garen and Chris Drury did, two guys that you know so well, a guy that you're traded for, because it wasn't as if he lost Braden Schneider. And he lost the first round pick this year and another high option. And no, they didn't do that. That's the price. And that's what you said when it officially came across. Barron, second, second, fifth, salary retention, blah, blah, blah. And it's the first if they win two rounds. I I say, why not the Rangers? Why not the Rangers? So that's what I love about it. Craig, I wish the playoffs almost started tomorrow. Uh, Let's see what Carolina can do when it really matters. Freddie's on the clock to do something in the playoffs. I like those three teams. Uh, you got me thinking about Carolina, but right this very second, I'm still going to say I got Canes one, Pittsburgh two, Rangers
1: three. But I've been wrong before, as a wise man taught me, and I could be wrong again. Well, I mean, you, you know, it's not I, I, like I, 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 it's the same thing. I, I like Toronto Maple Leafs team, but I don't like their chances to get through the Atlantic against those better teams in Florida. And I think New York Rangers and the Pittsburgh Penguins are better than Carolina now. I like the Carolina Hurricanes, I love the way they play. But we're not, I'm not talking anymore about liking the way they play. You know what? There's not gonna be at the end of the season, Steve, where we're gonna give artistic merit merit points out for teams, how well they played and how well they looked. It's about winning and losing. That's what that's what the competition is about. I don't like, I don't like them more than Pittsburgh and 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 New York Rangers. And hey, listen, I know this, the Washington Capitals are heating up a little bit. They're heating up a little bit. So, you know it becomes i'm not saying they've been there they've done some good things i i i thought they they got a deep pool of prospects i get it okay all those prospects i keep hearing about they have they, they i think last time i heard i think they have 76 prospects <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> you know you know how it is right like oh, yeah. okay they're well, all so prospects just, they're all going to make like, it well let's just say you have 15 okay i can guarantee you fifth all those 15 are not going to play for you so figure it out, figure it out. That's the bottom line. Figure it out. Yeah. And to me, I'm, I'm not saying that you should just b- b- like, you know, just be reckless, but I, I honestly, I, I, I thought that they made a bet.
0: Let's move then to the Atlantic. The Bruins are surging. There's a one point spread between Tampa, Toronto and Boston. You talk about how this thing's going to play out. I think that, you know, Toronto and Boston would love to be two, three. They'd love to do the old Czechoslovakia-Russia thing. Let's play a 0-0 game at this tournament. <laughs> it's good for both of us. Nejna, well, you scored eight goals last game. Yeah, but we didn't feel so good. And I'm sure you've been at the rink watching one. I remember watching that. World <laughs> Championship or World Junior. Oh, zero zero, Czechoslovakia-Russia. Oh, okay. So we love Florida. Claude Giroux, Ben Sherat We hope that... You know, Aaron Eckblad is back. They, it sounds like they're saying four to six weeks and five weeks playoff. So it would be the first, I, I don't know. And they're not, not going to tell us. So now with everything that's going on, Boston, Hampus Lindholm, Toronto Giordano, was that enough? Florida, Tampa Bay, Hagel, we've talked about that. So how do we cut? We've just talked about the Atlantic. You told me who you like better. I'm still taking Carolina. How is the juggling here in the other division in the East? with what we saw up to and including the deadline.
1: Okay, so Toronto and Boston improved their team. There's no question they did with the acquisitions of, of Lindholm and Boston and Giordano in Toronto. But I'm measuring everything against the other teams in that division, which is which is Florida and Tampa Bay. I don't think those two teams are better. I don't think they're, they're better. I'm going to read you a little quote here because I, I had it teed up here. So I want to read you a little quote and you may have already seen it because... You and him are such good buddies, but uh, this is uh, this is John Cooper. John Cooper. It's unfair to compare any of the new guys like Hegel or Paul to Gord Coleman, etc. But the new additions brought attributes Tampa felt they needed. We got bigger, we got stronger. Come playoff time, it's a man's game. You don't think the Tampa Bay Lightning don't know what it takes? I don't think that Boston or Toronto is much. They've improved their team. you improve your chances by improving your team? Yeah. Do I think they can beat either one of those teams? No, no, no. Man's game, heavy hockey. Yeah, the rules so that's what it is. Yeah, heavy hockey.
0: The rules change a little bit. Some say a lot. Even a little bit means less time and space, more five-on-five, five, all that other stuff. So are those teams just smarter, better coached, better managed. You know, I use the Dubas example and you, you know, we talked about Giordano and I thought, you know, maybe a little less than you did of him. He said, he's still got game. It's not the Giordano of the Norris trophy, of course, but he'll help. And for the Leafs, it's an improvement. People wanted more. So in Toronto, one and done again means
1: what? I'm just going to go back to your other comment. And I think like, as we talk about it, right. Do you remember the Winnipeg Jets back in the uh, 80s in that in that Smythe division? Yeah. Well, the, the, there was the Oilers and the Flames and the Jets. And the Jets were one of the best five, six teams in the league. They just never had enough to get, to, to get past those other teams. They just never did. That doesn't mean they weren't a good team. It doesn't mean they weren't well managed. They just didn't have enough. <laughs> I don't think Toronto has enough. <laughs> like, it's not that they're not well managed or they're not well. They don't have enough like you know, John Ferguson Sr. did a lot of good things in in, in Winnipeg to get that team and in, in, into a spot. They had Dale Howard Chuck. They like, you know, it's not it's not like they didn't have good players. They had a lot of Thomas Steen. I mean, they had really good players. They just weren't better than those other teams. And that's a reality of where you're at in the in the competitive ladder, right? That like it doesn't mean Carolina's not good enough, or does it doesn't mean that they're just not good enough to beat those teams. That's how I look at it, Steve. So I don't know what happens in Toronto. Sometimes there becomes a reality of just saying, okay, has Kyle Dubas and the management team done everything they can? Bill Torrey told me this story many times. They were getting knocked out of the playoffs early in the in the in, the, in, the, in the, during that tenure. He goes, Did I think about changing my coach? Yeah. He goes, but then I started to look around and I said, I don't think there's a better coach than Al Arbor, <laughs> right? So I think you go through the evaluation. There's there's two things that I always say though, Steve, that I that I think, you know you have to keep in mind when you're, when you're evaluating. People say about the salary cap. So we'll talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Who, Who's responsible for the salary cap in Toronto? Kyle Dubas. Who created this situation in Toronto? Kyle Dubas. So you can't use it as any type of an excuse for why you can't do things. You're the one that did it. You believe in it. That's what it is. Don't start now coming back and saying, whoa, by the way, right? Like, oh, my salary cap, there's only so much I could do. Wait, wait a second. You did that. So that's number one. Number two, there's different ways to win, Steve. There's different ways to win. There's not one right way to win. There's, we've seen different ways to win. But you nailed it. In my view, you nailed it. It's heavy hockey. It's less space. You're, you know, sixteen of the, the 16 worst teams are out of the playoffs now. Now you're playing against good teams. Yep. I'm not measuring Toronto versus Ottawa and Buffalo and Detroit. I'm, not, I'm measuring them against those top teams. Because at the end of the year, they go, our goal is to win the Stanley Cup. Okay, good. Great. Love that Do you have enough to beat those teams. So to me, if, you know, when you, when, when I look at the John Maple Leafs, I look at the Carolina hurricanes. You talked about heavy hockey. I see two light teams.
0: And I think Carolina to a certain extent has some other things that are better than Toronto, you know, all things considered, or maybe those teams are even, but your comparison to the smite division, Oilers, flames, jets, Atlantic, Tampa, Florida, Toronto is perfect. Just good enough to lose. And coming out of the Smythe was a challenge onto itself. And one year, the Jets and Dave Allett had the Oilers up three games to one. But just like the cats in the song, the <laughs> Oilers came back, not only to win the series, but to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, and if you were an Oilers fan in 1990, imagine taking that bet down three to one and say, I'm taking the Oilers at the box office window in Vegas to do what? Beat the Jets. That's a good odd. No, win the cup because that's how much I believe in this team over this great decade. That's a smart bet. All right. Time now for KB on ice an inside. Look at the NHL brought to you by our good friends at sports interaction. Sports interaction is Canada's sports book. Craig, the push to the playoffs is on What do you got for us this week?
1: What do I got? Well, we know that the Eastern Conference is set and loaded, right? But now we move over to the Western Conference. That's where it gets interesting, right? I'll tell you what. Vegas Golden Knights at the Winnipeg Jets on this Tuesday night. Well, it's a must win for both of them, isn't it? Vegas can kind of put Winnipeg in the rearview mirror. Winnipeg Jets can say, "Uh uh-uh, we're going going past you, Vegas Golden Knights, right? So I'm seeing that game. I'm not betting on the Vegas Golden Knights. There's no way. Uh Uh-uh. Not on a back-to-back, not going into Winnipeg. Winnipeg has its own little bit of flaws. Much better team than Vegas this year. Bet on the Vegas Golden Knights. But I am going to swing back to the East on the odds for Stanley Cup champions. What were the Carolina Hurricanes doing? They lowered their chances by doing nothing. I don't get it. Well, just Max Domi, right? But they'd argue we got Kotkaniemi in the summer. We got
0: uh, a defenseman, D'Angelo, in the summer. We got our goalie in the summer. So maybe they said, well, we didn't want to get people acclimated in March. We want to get them acclimated in, in August. I'm with you. I'm taking the Jets in every category. Laurent Brossois or whoever they used to start to play in his probably <laughs> He's going to go back and beat Connor Helbock? No, that's, that's not going to happen. Uh, Tampa, Carolina? I think Carolina wins tonight, but I'm not giving up the puck and a half. Just as a pick'em game, Tampa Bay, Carolina, exciting. It could be the Eastern Conference final. I'm just going to take Carolina for fun. They're they are kind of do. They kind of stub their toe a little bit. I'm taking Carolina to
1: win. Hey, take Carolina. I'm talking about Stanley Cup playoffs. I know. I'm talking about the champion. Like, you know what? Like, I I, I like the Carolina Hurricanes. I don't care what they did in August. They didn't make their team better going into the playoffs.
0: Folks, if you want to make a bet like Craig and I just did, the way to do it is sports interaction, odds, props, and totals. Sign up today at sportsinteraction.com forward slash coolbuttonpod to place your bet. Sports interaction is Canada's sportsbook. More trade deadline housekeeping. Evgeny Dadenov. I'll read the trade because I'm on tsn.ca here, and it came down like at midnight on trade deadline day. Evgeny Dadenov, 33-year-old Russian forward, a year plus this year in one year at $5 million gets traded to Anaheim Vegas gets John Moore and Ryan Kessler's contract and the NHLPA is investigating that the ducks and the Vegas golden Knights did not honor his no trade list, which included the ducks apparently. And it got lost in the mail when he got traded from Ottawa to Vegas. So Mr. Craig button, where do we go from here? Could they send him back? Is it done? is Is he going to be a good soldier? So at our press time, what's happening happening with the Donov and the ducks?
1: Well, you, you know it'll come down to the clarification on a no trade because if he if if he has a no trade clause, okay, number one, uh, and, and and it says that this team is not on it, right? Then unless he, he signs a waiver to it, you know, he he can't be traded there. So the bottom line is is that, you, the, the, by the rule the, by the by the letter of the rule the trade can't happen you remember danny heatley yep remember that trade oh the potential trade remember remember going to edmonton he had a no trade he said no he said no remember that, remember yep. that? yeah and yeah they tried to convince him the trade he goes no i'm not going yeah remember that you remember that yep. whole thing yeah so that's why this rule that's why they put in these protocols that's why they put in these regulations got to be signed you know and here's how it works right so by the letter of the rule if he if anaheim's on a no trade thing and they traded him because it's not like they go to uh, if they don't have a signed waiver signed by denny Danoff, trade shouldn't be allowed to happen simple as that
0: and if there isn't proof of his no trade, so if he can't okay. show, here's my paperwork, it's the other way around saying uh, whatever verbal agreement you had, that's not going to hold water either. So Verbal ver-
1: verbal agreements don't carry any weight. Okay. okay. I shouldn't say don't carry any weight. I shouldn't say that. But, uh, what I should say is they put it in. It better be on paper. You better have it signed. The league put that in. The PA and the league put that in as an agreement. So, like, I guess you could say, well, he, he told us. And, you know, why did it get to this point? I'll tell you why it got to this point because the Dan phones his agent and goes, Hey, I, I don't, I, I'm on the no trade list to, uh to, to, to Anaheim. How, how did I get traded there? That's how it all started.
0: Right. Vegas. We just talked about them. Oh boy. It's going to be interesting. It's Mike just come down to Dallas and Vegas and Oilers keep getting points and oh boy, if I'm the Oilers and Kings, I'm playing. What, Winnipeg? what we? Winnipeg? What about Winnipeg? I gotta see it. I gotta see it. And if they come all the way back like a racehorse here, I'll give them credit. Because at one point, you know what? When they made one of the turns, I I threw my program in the garbage and started walking. You know, like Kramer. And then I turned around and <laughs> here come the gents. So it's a great story. It's very exciting. On the deadline, I know you like Andrew Cop. Not a star player, but it could be a star player. Who else got moved? And I count from February 14th till the 21st that you said, I would have traded for that guy as well. And I think that guy is going to help this team. Not necessarily win the cup, but a guy that people might not know, like people in the East are going to say, I can see people at MSG. Oh, it's Andrew Cup guy. It's pretty good. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Like you said, Kyle Connors. Oh boy. Okay. That's good. Who do you like? Is there anybody that had that je ne sais quoi? I'm not saying Butch Goring, but I, you know, I like Butch. So I like
1: saying his name. Je ne sais quoi. Number one on my list. I, I guess maybe number one might be, you know, it's not a clear cut number one, but Tyler Toffoli has to be. You know, like they've been looking for a right shot, right winger for forever and a day to to fit in. And I mean, he's such a good player in in so many regards. And and Tyler's another player that people just don't realize how well rounded he is. He's a really good somebody. He can kill penalties. He can check. He just he's just such a good player. And so that made their team better. Brandon Hagel to the uh, Tampa Bay lightning. I I, I think because it's not just Brandon Hagel now it's Brandon Hagel for the next two years. It's a brilliant move. It's just, it, it, again, you go back to it and you go and Jonathan forget about what I have to say. Jonathan Tate says, what? Like you're parking. Like we're trying to rebuild. Nobody's safe safe anymore. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Okay. So like, forget that. that, That's Jonathan Days, right. And then, what the Colorado avalanche did by getting Josh Manson. I mean, I'm watching the game last night on on Monday night versus Edmonton. If you want to see what Josh Manson's all about, just watch that game. He, he, I mean, I mean that the the play on Evander Kane may have crossed the line, may have crossed the line a little bit. I mean, I wouldn't say it was the same the same degree as Austin Matthews, but it might merit a one-game suspension because he came up with the stick, right? But, you know, be intimate. But I'll tell you what, I'm watching him in that game. He's erasing opponents. He's hard on them. You talk about exactly what they needed. And it takes the pressure. It doesn't take the pressure. It takes some of the burden off of Eric Johnson. Bo Byram's back skating, taking on full contact. Yeah, oh, yep. But Joe, those are the three. Those are the three. Tofoli, Manson, Hagel. Like, uh, we all loved Claude Giroux, right? We know what Ben Chirot did. I think that that helps their team. I, and, and there's no question about but those are the three that I like. Tofoli, yeah. Hagel, and Manson.
0: Yeah, I've liked Hagel for a long time that I've seen. Yeah, him. yeah all I know you him, have. You know, and, you know, my pro scouting that I just scout for myself. So, and I'm with you on all those types of uh, situations. Um, and Hagel allows at 1.5 to have a good player right now and to keep a lot of the band together. Now like, they could keep a lot as well and take a discount. I'm not sure, but if you're stammer and Headman and Kucherov and Vasilevsky, you're like, yes, we've got this great core and yeah. we can keep switching these other pieces. Um, remember no Johnson last year and no Kadri last year for Colorado. So if they have Kadri, Johnson and Manson this year, and then I'll throw another guy in. Cause I think, you know, you watch their games. Oh, we watch them all, but a guy that, you know, goes under the radar a little bit. Arturi Lekkinen, oh. I like Arturi Lekkinen. So I think Arturi Lekkinen. Uh, but there's people in Denver probably never even heard of him. Don't know who he is. Can't spell his name. Can't say his name. Arturi Lekkinen, who's gone from goal scorer to defensive. has got some, uh, coach loves him, able to do a lot of things, whether he's a third liner, fourth liner there, whatever he can do. I think Arturi Lekkinen is going to be a guy that does things that helps this team win in the playoffs. So I had him circled because again, you start saying, for the price, and you know Cogliano's in as well, but Arturi Lekkinen's a player. They didn't want to lose him in Montreal, and they know. And I heard you say this as well. All the players that went off Montreal, who have all this Stanley Cup final experience now, and I think Arturi Lekkinen, they're going to be very happy, maybe some pleasantly surprised uh, with number sixty-two coming to Colorado.
1: Yeah, well, and I think the key wor- phrase there, pleasantly surprised. So, so it gives me a perfect opportunity to just kind of segue in the Kent Hughes and the Montreal Canadiens. Sure. But since Jeff took over and and Kent has come in there, number one, you you watch, you know, Jeff has got so much experience and now Kent's come. They they laid out a plan. They said, here's how we're going to proceed. And and Steve, you heard it, right? You heard it every day. You hear it every day. Oh, nobody's going to pay the ask is too high on Ben Shirai. This is the beautiful thing about Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon. They didn't. They just said, here's, "Here's how we're going to proceed." They're flexible. They're they're nimble. So they're going to see how the market unfolds and then they're going to respond. But they were true to their word. They said, "If we we know what we want to do and we don't have to trade anybody." They didn't have to trade Arturio like It. But they just got a really good young, great shot defenseman in Justin Barron really good, you know, the Barron family, you know, like Morgan goes to Winnipeg and Justin goes to Montreal, you know, the the family have to switch their, their, their sweater allegiances, (laughs) 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 you know, anyway, uh, all kidding aside, you know, you have Caden Gooley in the system, a really good, uh, like, I mean, to me, he's going to be ready to play next year. Justin Barron's played this year, ready to play next year, six foot two defenseman that can skate probably ideally fit into that, uh, you know, second pair, but two, three defensemen, right? Like, I mean, th- that's exactly, they said that this is what we're going to, this is the way we will proceed if we're going to trade these guys. They didn't say they wouldn't. They didn't say they would. They were going to be nimble. I give full, full marks. You know, we talk about, I, I don't like to use winners and losers either. I thought right. that the Montreal Canadiens did an outstanding job up to the, through like Foley, Florida, Sherrod. Colorado, yeah. excellent job. I'm really impressed with the work they did.
0: Would you say similar things about Pat Verbeek and how he handled his UFAs?
1: Well, I hope that everybody <clears throat> so Steve, we talked about this what, two weeks ago? Yeah. What Pat Verbeek said. I'm gonna to talk to the to our pending free agents, and if we can't sign them, they're gonna be traded. Huh? Okay, let me just see. Who? Oh, oh yeah, let me see. Manson gone, Lindholm gone, Raquel gone. Like are we not going to believe Pat Verbeek? You better believe Pat Verbeek. <laughs> Pat Verbeek said, I'm not giving term. So Hampus, good for the Hampus Lindholm. He went and got, Boston Bruins said, eight eight years. Perfect. But Patty wasn't prepared to do that. So you get prospects. They got a good young pool of players. Now, obviously, Pat knows you're not going to throw young players to the wolves, right? So, but he's now, he's got flexibility and in his cap, and he's got some really good young players. You know, Mason McDavish is going to come in there and play next year. Right, so like right away, like it's an upgrade on Ricard Raquel. Does he have the same experience? No, but he's an upgrade. <laughs> you got to find two defensemen. Well, you got cap space and you got opportunity now uh, to 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 say to players, and and you can make trades because they got a really good prospect here. I think Pat Verbeek did. He did exactly what he set out to do, just like Ken used. here's what we're doing, and they were true to the word. I just know this. Just. Don't tell me. It was funny, too, because I kept hearing about John Klingberg being traded, unless it's a first. There was only one way John Klingberg was being traded. Only one way. How? If the Dallas Stars were going to receive a player that could come into their lineup right now on the blue line. They've missed two years of revenue, ostensibly. Right. John Galliardi, the owner, hotels and restaurants, has taken a hit. That team's on the cusp of making the playoffs. You're going to trade John Klingberg for a first-round draft pick? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, like, give me a bridge, <laughs> right? No
0: chance. It's revenues. It's a business. Don't forget. So getting in oh. and maybe going a couple rounds or getting three home dates or more. Um, and that's great. And you say that from day one, stay true to your word about how that was going to be handled. Uh, and now we'll also see what happens with Philip Forsberg. And boy, was he great on the night of trade <laughs> deadline. Time now for final thoughts brought to you by Ultimate Hockey Fans. Go to ultimatehockeyfans.com forward slash cool button for our discount on the unbelievable ceiling fans, puck light fixtures, and everything else. Our buddy Paul Cohen will even make you something by request. That's ultimatehockeyfans.com forward slash cool button pod. Final thoughts as we go from the deadline to the push to the playoffs. Craig, we the calendar soon and start thinking about May and the Stanley Cup playoffs. Final Yeah,
1: thoughts. it doesn't seem that far away, does it? Like May, but like, you know, like and again, like, like you know, placement in the East. You, you just talked about the Atlantic Division, you know, Boston, Tampa Bay, touch, uh, Toronto all like bunched in. But the West is going to be fascinating, right? Because, you know, you, we, we talk about Winnipeg, Vancouver. The, the, they got to go into Colorado and Minnesota on Wednesday and Thursday night. Love, Bruce. Hope you can do it. You lose one nothing at home to the Detroit Red Wings. You get demolished by the Calgary Flames on their second of back-to-back nights. And you lose an overtime to Buffalo. I would say that uh, and now going into... No, I I think Vancouver, I think uh, the clock has struck midnight and the glass slipper ain't going to fit anymore there. So they're out, but the LA Kings to me are really intriguing, Steve, you know, Doughty, you know, his situation. I mean, that's a real blow to their team. No, not real blow. And I I look at them and could they have done something? Like maybe Rob goes, Hey, we're going to test some players. We're going to get there. That might be the path for the Vegas Golden Knights. That might be the path for the Vegas Golden Knights, but we'll see. But you know, those are my thoughts, and the, the race in the West is on. It's, on. it's on, not for first place in the Pacific or first place in the Central, but for all the other places. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oilers get points. It's realistic they could finish second. I don't think yeah. anyone had Calgary-Edmonton 1-2, especially with what you said about the situation with the LA Kings. So Vegas, at this very second, has dropped to 43% on the money puck playoff odds. I know you're a numbers guy. Dallas is in a much better position. Vancouver, when I had them in that 30, when they rose to the 30s and they were still Cinderella, they've dropped to, well, 7%. It was fun while it lasted. Some critical losses uh, showed that they're not playoff ready under the Bruce Boudreau administration after the Travis Green start. But to me, the Vegas situation, I'm watching that the way some people watch auto racing and say, well, let's see if there's going to be a crash in the corner. So intriguing. Boy, who would have thunk it? At the start of the year, you imagine getting up on a pedestal and saying, I take Vegas to miss. Craig, we would have been laughed off the island, voted off the island. So we know they've had their issues. Um, I would feel sorry for Jack. If he gets there, tries, and then Vegas ends up with everything that happened, OOP again. That would be un. Believable. actually it's believable now but when the trade was made and where they were earlier we would have not have called that
1: no no we sure we we sure wouldn't have and you know and again because of the situation with the la kings and and vancouver falling off in in, the, in their previous three games you know that may be uh the path for the vegas gold knights that might be their path but you know people said they didn't do anything yesterday. i i really you've heard me say this steve I think yesterday was a day where they needed to just take a step back because I, I don't care, like they get players back, they make the playoffs, they get players back in, maybe they're stronger, maybe they get, but to, to start to try to, you know, account for, for for the injuries and try to push your team ahead, I think they're in a very different place this year. If they can make the playoffs, I think that that would be a, a real significant accomplish in and of itself.
0: Great stuff. For Craig Button, producer Bruce Bolton, I'm Steve Cooley. is episode 49 in the books. The Big Hawaii 5 0 Book 'em Dano is coming up <laughs> soon at a podcast station near you. Craig, trade deadline. So much fun. As I said, great job on the television. We enjoyed the radio stuff. We hope you enjoy the podcasting that will continue for the cool Button Hockey Podcast. Be good, be safe take care of each other. We'll talk soon.